This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. Welcome to season two of the Big Sci-Fi Podcast, where we talk about all things sci-fi. Our crew, Adina, Brian, Chris, and Steve, are all back for more fun as we share our opinions, thoughts, and ideas on our favorite films, TV shows, and books. We'll also have some fascinating guest appearances this season, so make sure your ship has plenty of dilithium crystals because we're breaking free from this solar system at light speed while having the most fun of any podcast this side of the Milky Way talking about science fiction. All hands brace for impact. It's time for the Big Sci-Fi Podcast. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This line from the very first Star Wars movie set into motion the creation of, dare I say, introduced us to one of the most beloved characters in the Star Wars universe. I remember when I was a young boy, a Star Trek fan, right out of my mother's womb, loyal and resolute, passionate and determined to watch only my beloved Trek being introduced to Star Wars for the first time. I had my doubts and I watched with discerning eyes. Another science fiction-y, I think I'm inventing a new word there, universe, where they do things different from my dearly loved Trek. I was captivated, hooked, bamboozled, tricked, surprised, even excited for what unfolded before me. That line from the beautiful Princess Leia, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope, set in motion a new fandom for this loyal Trekker, and I have been a Star Wars fan ever since, although this love affair is far less involved and time-consuming as my committed relationship to Trek. It has been a source of great fun and entertainment ever since I first saw those famous opening titles describing the fantasy adventure ride we were about to go on. I love the original three films, especially Empire Strikes Back. I could watch these films Mm. over and over as a teenager. Then Lucas re-released them with new special effects in one infamous scene edition that had Han Solo firing second. Ooh! Ridiculous, George. (laughs) Everybody knows that Han Solo always fires first, even this trekker. I was still in love, however, and this update did help the films feel well updated. Then the prequels. Phantom Menace debuted, and I was excited And then I watched it and was less excited. I was most excited about Ewan McGregor playing Obi-Wan, though. I agree with that. Right? Yeah. One of the really great actors of our time. I mean, this man has skill, but an actor is only as good as the lines they are given, right? Right. Sometimes they exceed that and show how good they are, but... For me, it wasn't just, it wasn't until Revenge of the Sith that I felt McGregor was given anything to actually act mm-hmm. out. And right. I was left crying to myself. So help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you deserved better. Now, years later, you and McGregor has a chance to tell more of our beloved Obi Wan story. And this minor Star Wars fan couldn't be happier. Today, we're discussing all things Obi Wan Kenobi, and there are many spoilers ahead about this series. So, you better start warming up your X Wing now because we are headed straight to Tatooine as this episode of the Big Sci Fi Podcast is all about the series from Disney Plus Obi Wan Kenobi. To my fellow crew members and co hosts, let me have the pleasure of channeling my inner Kenobi and say hello there. You guys, welcome. Say hello to our 
wonderful and oh so very intelligent listeners. Adina, how are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Fantastic. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Hello there. And I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about this. I've got, got a lot of thoughts. Oh, yeah. Mostly good. <laughs> well, 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 I thought that Obi-Wan was the South. Did he just say, howdy? But that just doesn't quite work. Okay, That's a different you version. Make, this has to be a YouTube video. Someone, if you're listening to this, please make that happen. It's got to be. It's got to happen now. Howdy, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You is my right. only hope. Oh, and, yeah. And I'm Brian Donahue. And if you couldn't tell, I'm just a little bit excited about talking about this new Star Wars series. We're going to jump right in because there's a lot we could talk about. And we will, I'm sure. I, I've formulated some questions for my amazing co-host, questions that are burning deep inside me, not unlike Anakin when he turned nefariously <laughs> on our dear Obi-Wan Kenobi and his anger was solidified as his body burned from the volcanic lava of Mustafar. Although I'm not angry, it would never turn my back on Obi-Wan the way he did. And I'm sure my co-host would never do that either. So the the first question, guys, that I that's just burning inside of me, okay? I love it. What is your first impression as you watched episode one of this series? I'm not talking about the whole series. I'm talking about episode one as they introduced us to Obi-Wan again. Chris. So I liked it a lot. I remember kind of like, and I understood why this is happening, but I was like, all right, Obi-Wan, I'm into it. But like, can you say something hilarious? Just be like, where's your charm? But it's also like having to adjust my own, even though I kind of knew going in that it was going to be different because this is like a more miserable Obi-Wan. It was very much like, it's weird mm. to see who, how do I say his name? <laughs> I can't say it. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Yes. Well done. But he wasn't being like super like, um, not that he was always funny, but just kind of like there's a, like a cocky charm that he had, especially in Revenge of the Sith, where he was just on top of everything. And that I was kind of missing. And then my other reaction was I was watching it with my buddy and I just we talked about it after. And I'm like, he's back. What are you what are you not hyped about? Why are you not hyped about this episode? <laughs> Your buddy um, said so this? Kinda, no, he wasn't. He wasn't feeling. Oh, I see. Much. Okay. So I was like saying to him, like, why are you not hyped? You should be so yeah. hyped right now. Are you not entertained? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Steve, how about you, my friend? Uh, you know, I wasn't sure what to make of it. Hmm. There was much hype that was put into the promos for the series, you know, spoilers and so on. But I wasn't entirely sure what to make of it. However, that didn't stop me from pressing on. And what the heck was that cross between an anteater and a camel? An antmole? Right. <laughs> I think it was a dewback. Oh, dewback. Well, I think okay. they should do. I think they offer. They then they should have done a dewback and tried it. No, I'm joking. But again, the, op the actually the funny thing is the the opening of this series. I don't have as strong a memories as the latter parts of the show. Yes, that's what really pulled me in. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. See, I think I, I really like the a lot of the first, not everything about the first episode, but a lot of it. I really enjoyed the scenes uh, where we're seeing Obi Wan's like daily life at that point. I, I enjoyed that kind of thing where he's mm -hmm. you know doing his thing on Tatooine, um, just kind of living a fairly, I don't know, normal mundane life, but keeping his eye on Luke. I kind of, you know, in the distance, I really, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed meeting young Leia, 
Although once they said that like she's 10 years old, I was like, no way. Cause she didn't seem 10. And that bothered me throughout the rest of the series to the point where I looked up the actress and mm. she turned 10 a month ago. So okay. while they were filming this, she was probably nine because I, I don't know exactly when it was filmed, nine, maybe even a young nine, which is a, an old eight, which felt that would have felt better to me if they had actually said the age that she was at, at filming because I was really having a struggle every moment that they said she was 10, although I loved her to that. She, she was right. wonderful. Yeah, and, and actually that is the same argument my Elaine had about her age because she, you saw the actor who played Luke. He's ten mm -hmm. years old as well. He yeah. looked ten. He fit ten. But she seemed, and, and and as my wife would say, don't girls usually develop quicker, uh -huh. grow faster than yeah. than little boys at that same age? So she was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was but, struggling with that that the believability of ten. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah. also, you know, in on Alderaan and what they did, you know, if we go back to episodes one, two, three, um, Padme, like just the, the way they develop in their society is a little, seems a little bit different anyway. So maybe I, I do have to suspend my disbelief. I don't know, but it, it bothered me and took me out. Oh, I, I wish that they had kind of handled that a little better. Just said she was eight. If you said she was eight, I would have been like, okay, they're eight. <laughs> And move then, on. Uh, then Luke would have to be it as well. So well, that's okay. But actually, given we never really see him, I mean, mm -hmm. like we see him, but we don't hear him talk or do much. That kid could have been eight. Mm -hmm. But you, the told problem, me that, you told me that kid was eight. I wouldn't have. Okay, he's eight. The only mm -hmm. problem is, I think they made a big deal about saying this is specifically ten years after. I know, like they, with all yeah. the marketing. But they could have also <laughs> done eight years. Like they could right. have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. I like the Dewey Decimal numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was really excited, as I said in my opening soliloquy about uh, <laughs> at the opening of the show. Um, but uh, I, I got to say that is seeing a young Leia was such a surprise to me. And I don't know what I missed in trailers, if they kept, I don't oh, remember if they, they showed her. They didn't show anything um, with her. Yeah, I don't think they did. So for me i was so excited and she had such spunk and was such an outstanding little actress mm -hmm. um even with the ridiculous slow-mo chase scene um early on in the series when they're chasing her through the woods and you know it's they're trying to make it look like she's really moving and those guys are obviously half you know wetting it and uh letting her stay ahead of them but it was mm -hmm. it was i, I just loved the spirit and the feel for this it felt um for me it did what the prequels did not do i felt like i was really like this was these were real worlds and real people the prequels for me that's part of the problem for me it felt just kind of rough and so cgi put together and mm -hmm. i just i wasn't buying it my suspension willing suspension of disbelief I had to work really hard in those films to keep it active. In this series from the start, I was engrossed in it and interested in if it would progress and how, you know, how knowing it was only going to be six episodes too was mm -hmm. very interesting and intriguing. Mm -hmm. So uh, question number two, what was 
your response. We've already talked about this, I guess, to seeing Princess mm-hmm. Leia, but what, what is your initial response? Yeah, she she was lovely. I mean, and, and she definitely had a feel of a young Princess Leia to me. I mean, I thought she was, that was probably the the highlight of the whole series for me is seeing yeah. her. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, I agree. I was just so surprised. And, you know, when she started talking, it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, she really excelled at, being ahead of her time like to me I felt like she was super mature for her age and it felt like yeah I could definitely see that being Leia to the point where I kind of feel like going back when I was watching um I was watching A New Hope recently it's like my gosh Luke is kind of stupid and it really shows when Leia like young Leia is ahead of older Luke Mm -hmm. like it's just like whoa and they're the same and knowing that they're the same age same age right? it's like yeah have... she's mature she is mature in every way she's a, a yeah. she's a rebel fighter and you know a leader already and everything and luke is just a farm yeah. boy and then you He's get farm like the, boy. why is it flashing line from a new hope where it's like okay come on so i i love Leia, or yeah. young leia she was great how well, about you steve uh, if there's a supporting emmy in line for a little Vivian Leia Brown, or excuse me, Blair, she deserves it. Yes. She stole every scene she appeared in. Mm-hmm. Not since Myra Wilson played a young Matilda has young actress been so endearing to the screen. And she played the part so well that the series could have been called Young Leia. Because yeah. she really yeah. was. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was her story. Well, she, no, right? no. She I wasn't. Mean, if you think, well, uh, it again, was kind of her story, a little bit. I mean, she, she shared was, the story. She, sh- it, she shared it, but it was all the, done. The, but she's oh, the catalyst get... of what happens. She was used. Uh, I don't think she was a catalyst. She was used. So that's why mm-hmm. I don't think it's her story. Is she was basically taken from her home. She was kidnapped, um, and it was really, and it was, it was about Ben bringing her home. It wasn't about her getting right. herself home. It was about Ben bringing her home. But she yeah, matures yeah, but was... through the whole thing, and she takes the lead in many things and i mean just you know you you just looked at her and she's absolutely i, I don't know where they found this kid but she's yeah. absolutely adorable oh, yeah. again i i yeah. love her i totally 100 yeah. yeah. love her yeah. but yeah. the story that they wrote with her i think could have been i i could have could have been improved okay. see i thought it was she- good in the sense that yeah like obi-wan is like sent to rescue her but in the same way she's rescuing him by trying to make him in a way, like help him heal and become more mm-hmm. like the Obi Wan that we remember, sort of Ten like it's, it's the classic. Chris. Like you get a gruff character, you know, with a younger partner, and then that, like, you know, that kid or whoever it is, will like help the main character find their humanity or get back to where they were previously, yeah. sort of. Right. And there's points where I think she leads him. Yeah. Uh, and and comes up with uh, plot points that clear up issues. So yeah, um, but then again, that's it was also in many sense a buddy picture between the two of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, how exactly. how I I loved her for my daughter. She's now Princess Leia is her favorite. Um, she always loved Ray the most mm-hmm. from the new films, and didn't help that we bought her a Ray staff for Christmas one year. <laughs> that really cool. helped her get engrossed in that and feel like that. But. Um, you know, we were cheering, and every time Princess Leia did something awesome, little and cute, um, and my daughter, just I just love her so much, and Aww. that's exactly how I felt too. 
Mm-hmm. So so let's switch gears a little bit now. Let's talk a little more kind of technical behind the scenes type stuff. How do you how do you guys like the look of the show, the flow of the story, introduction of new characters? We'll mm-hmm. start with Adina. I don't know if I have anything completely uh wonderful to say or just miraculous. I mean, it was fine. It just it fit in the it just fit my expectation, I guess. You know, um, I don't, while I don't have anything amazing, but well, at least on the the look of the show and all that. Um, introduction of new characters. I was not thrilled with the whole Grand Inquisitor, Inquisitors, fifth brother, third sister. Mm-hmm. I, I, that whole part of it. And again, I, I, and this does fit into the flow of the story concept. Um, so I get that the whole point is, we're supposed to be about right getting Ben healing him a little bit getting him back uh you know remembering that he's a Jedi and they so they are using the Inquisitors and stuff to draw him out um but there's a a a lot of things that just and maybe it's because again when I say that out loud on the surface it sounds just fine and so it might have just been the details and the execution of it is where it fell a little flat for me um Mm -hmm. And the thing is, the, the the sad thing is, is they had such a powerful cast, and I feel like every single one of them was underutilized. Mm. You know, there was a lot of criticism of Third Sister, you know, when it first came mm. out and everything. And again, Moses, uh, the woman who plays it, she's she's fantastic. I, I, but I think that the character was not written well, and and I think it's mm. not just that character; it's, it's many of them. They had these fabulous actors, like all these wonderful people, and really flat dialogue and Hmm. and expected dialogue and Hmm. not the development that i would want from these people i know these people are are better than the 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 script they were given Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think if you like if you really want to have a fun experience with the inquisitors you have Mm -hmm. to watch rebels because they're in that show and they're actually really well written oh they're a lot of fun um Mm -hmm. they're also in uh one of the video games the uh, fallen order but yeah, I think you're right. They were a bit underused. I, to be honest, I was just happy to see them in live action. I thought their costumes looked great, and like the, uh, I love the set of their palace or whatever you want to call it, their layer. Yeah, really the look cool. of everything. Yeah, the cool. look was really cool. But yeah, I would have liked more, uh, more Inquisitors, and I think maybe that's partly because you only got six episodes. Um, I think maybe, yeah, more more episodes might have helped. So having not seen Rebels. Are these the same character inquisitors that are in that, or are these different different ones? Like, is third sister in that? Is the grand like this specific grand inquisitor? Are, are they the same? Yeah. So characters? the grand, yeah, grand inquisitor. He was he's in season one of Rebels, and I know people when that when the trailer came out, people were kind of upset about how he looked compared to the show. Um, and then the guy with the hat, I guess he was the second brother. He was mm-hmm. there, and then um, I think third sister was there. But I don't remember because I was just when I saw her, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's like the bad one of the bad guys from Home Alone three. But I'm sure she's done other stuff. But that's my touchstone for. Her. Um, but I, right. yeah, I'm pretty sure third sister is in, is in the, um, the rebel or sorry in rebels. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, I'm not I'm not too well versed in rebels yeah, as I, I am yeah, Clone Wars or Resistance or yeah. Um, for me. You know, I think it flowed very well. Um, it unfolds slowly, even though it's only six episodes long, but it seemed longer, and that be because they packed so much into it. Now, the whole Blade Runner city, 
that was a bit slow and it really didn't help the story along. You know, you've got the Asian look and you've got the rain falling and it just felt like I was watching Blade Runner over again. Uh, <laughs> I think you actually, I think you actually called it when I first said, what do you guys think about it? I think you, the term you used was slow be one Kenobi. Slow be one. That's brilliant. Uh, but I think in, in my feeling that the Inquisitor Reva, now I think she was a welcome addition to the story because she was the one constantly chasing them. And at the end, she becomes the one who helps them also that she turns from the dark side and, I mean, and even they had to post little warnings because the storyline of how Anakin slaughtered all her friends, they actually had to put a little warning at the beginning of every episode saying about the images are very dark. Um, right. And I, I don't know about the animated series myself. I can ask my, my son-in-law, Brian, he's watched them all extensively if, if how that all plays into each other. But, um, you know, once again, we have constant wild goose chases across the galaxies that seem to be one large world. Um, like Dorothy said in The Wizard of Oz, people come and go so quickly around here. And it always seems that the way that Star Wars is, that the planets are more like cities on a map. They just come and go. You just drive to it. And like the character of, now who I did like also additionally was the character of Tala Drith, Drith, she's a double agent. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she added that self-sacrifice that every Star Wars story needs. So, um, and the other thing I did love about it, and this is where Star Wars, in this sense, beats out Star Trek. They are very honest and very careful to reproduce the sets to look like they did from the movies of that period. They don't update the graphics. They don't update the right. interiors. They don't update the electronics. Everything still looks like it's 1977 to 1983. And I think that's <laughs> very important because when Darth Vader is on the Death Destro um, Star Destroyer, it looks like the set mm -hmm. yeah. From, yeah, yeah. from the movie. So I give them high marks. And this also involves the Mandalorian and also Boba Fett where they kept continuity in the look of the series and that's to me that's very very important well especially in the i mean if you if you think about the time period that they're you know working off of you know so this is nine you know this was nine years before star wars a new hope <clears throat> mm -hmm. uh, and you know again that's a very different thing from like the 70 something years between star trek original series and next generation so you expect mm -hmm. there to be change over 70 years where nine years no. But then you, so, you look at Discovery, and Discovery yeah. takes place around the same time as the Enterprise under, uh, yeah, yes, and yes, you yes, have yes, that yes. really outlandish technology yes. that has no relationship to the original Star, Star Trek series. True, but true. The, but the problem really is, Star Wars is meant to be timeless, and it's meant to feel a little bit primitive, even though it's futuristic, whereas Star mm -hmm. Trek is about the future. So if you try to tell people who are watching Discovery for the first time that and if you were to keep the original sets from the 60s and you were to watch it like a new show now, I think mm -hmm. a lot of people would just not be into it because like that doesn't mm -hmm. look like the future. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go back and watch um, Enterprise, Merit Darkly, when you see when they deal with the Constitution, uh, the Defiant, yeah. it yeah. looks ridiculous. I loved it. And I think it's great for the fans, but you, you, it's hard to take seriously as a futuristic show. 
if you were to do that as a mainline but series. But compared to the Enterprise, the NX-01 or the, um, was it the ICC X-01 or whatever they called it, um, it did look more modern. So that is fine because you're showing 100 years worth of evolutional improvement in technology. Right, But yeah. since... And even, you know, I don't want to get this. Is a, this uh, is the, this well, so we were doing exactly what we said we were not going to do. I know, I know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So just okay. so everyone knows. His beard was updated. Looked good. Just okay. so everyone knows, before we started recording this episode today, we did tell ourselves that we were going to try to stay on topic with Star Wars and not talk about Star Trek. And it's but... usually, I'm not the one who causes that. And it's I'm the big me. mouth today, so I apologize. Well, it's a, it's a, it's who we are. It's who we are, guys. It's yeah. just we can't help it. Well, so, it's hard not to compare and contrast like two major yeah. franchises yes. that were. Oh, it totally of, you know? is. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. totally. I'm constantly doing it. I'm, I'm yeah. doing mowing the lawn, going. I like Star Trek better. Star Wars is cool though, but I like yeah. Star Trek. I like Star Trek better. Star Wars. Luckily, we're allowed we... to love both. Yeah, you can yes, love both. That's completely right. different reasons. So. Can we comment on Obi Wan constantly? Uh... I can't remember her name. We just talked about her. She was the double agent. Yeah, that was and, that was um, Tala Durith. Yeah. Durith. So yes. what's yeah. with him blowing cover? Like, because the same thing happened in Revenge of the Sith, where like R two's like, I can't talk to you right now. I've got droids here. If you keep calling me, the cover's <laughs> gonna get blown. But then Obi Wan keeps going. Oh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? It's like no, she's not responding to you because she's undercover. Have so you learned nothing? <laughs> yeah. What's going on with that? Watch the prequels, man. Yes, the prequels. <laughs> well, uh, moving right along, what are okay. your thoughts? Here, here's here's what I uh, one of the interesting parts of the series for me. I felt like the third sisters, how they kind of gave us some background as to why she was so angry, and that she was actually trying to assassinate Darth Vader. Ultimately, she was trying to figure out how to make that happen. I thought that was an interesting little oh, twist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was perfect. But that was a good twist. How how do you guys feel? Because we have been waiting, or may, maybe we haven't been waiting, but it, you know, we figured, we kind of hoped that they're going to talk about, discuss, explore Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship, um, because we go from the prequels all the way to you know uh, a New Hope. And there's little discussion between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi as they're just real one-liners, you know, um, and nothing about their real history of any deep substance. Now, they build upon it later, but... Mm -hmm. um, but, but you're right. What do you guys, do you guys think well, about how they Can we talk about the, like, the final <clears throat> fight? Because, like, that's, I think, is, like, one of the most, like, incredible things where it was almost... Can we go there or are we going to talk? Yeah, about no, yes, no, no. that can be yeah. a part of what we're talking. No, you've about. got a good point. You've got a good point. Be go ahead, Chris. Yeah, because it's like it's weird that like I don't know why Anakin was doing this if he was like because I was listening to some other podcasts where they're like, okay, so Anakin basically says, hey, Obi-Wan, you didn't kill me. I killed Anakin. And I'm like, I remember watching, I'm like, wait, that's a very thoughtful thing to say. It's like, hey, my buddy, he's been beating himself up for like 10 years. I want to relieve him of his guilt. And so like I, some of the podcasts were saying, was it because he was trying to free him of his guilt or was he just mm -hmm. trying to make himself feel better by like, yeah, I killed him. I'm a badass. I killed Anakin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the second. Oh, the second? Not <laughs> I think like, the second. Not, no, no. He, he lost. He doesn't, he has no 
feeling like real good feeling for Obi-Wan. Oh, I don't think so. I don't buy that. I mean, I think he's like, I, in the same, okay. Who's why can't I think of his name? Um, uh, the bad guy from the newer, the, the sequel trilogy, Kylo Ren, who I feel like not the same level, but Kylo Ren was very much like, yeah, look how hardcore I am. I'm hardcore. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. (laughs) And I felt like Anakin was a little bit like trying to be angry where I felt like there was so much, maybe I was reading into it, but that scene where his voice is distorting and you hear Anakin and then you hear (laughs) Darth Vader. It felt Mm -hmm. like there's a little bit of sadness for Obi-Wan. I don't know if there's sadness for Obi-Wan. I I think that's an interest. I think I can see why you're going there. And certainly there's also, we have the benefit of knowing that once upon a time, Anakin loved Obi-Wan and ultimately Anakin as Darth Vader turns back to the light side for Mm -hmm. his son, Luke. And they have that, you know, moment before the Death Star blows up in Mm -hmm. uh, Return of the Jedi. So I think that might feed into some of that, but I think that if you, because I just recently started watching the prequels again. I've watched Phantom Menace and uh, Attack of the Clones, and uh, maybe this Friday we're going to watch the third one, Revenge of the Sith. But in in Attack of the Clones, um, as Anakin is starting to turn, mm-hmm. which my kids did not like, by the way, they did not like that at all. Um, yeah, uh, they're like, people. why would he do that? Why would he kill well, those kids? Have your kids seen episodes four, five, six? Yes, they okay. have. Yep. And because I, I actually feel it is very important to watch them in the order in which they were released to the universe. I agree too. I think yeah. people need to see it as it developed in our real time, not yeah, in right. the story real time, I, because the story real time. It's like there's all this detail, and then there's Star Wars: A New Hope, which is not much detail at all. Right. Well, and that's, so I think uh, we need that, to see it how it really developed in the real world. And that's a good point, Adina. And that would even from the very first time I watched A New Hope, mm-hmm. you felt terrible when Obi Wan is sliced in half, mm-hmm. but you don't know why they hate each other. They really don't develop in that particular movie. Mm-hmm. why they were at each other's throats but they don't even seem that aggressive with not each other. knowing kind of like hey it just happens okay right but, but, but put yourself back into that time period when it was just the one movie and that is all we knew there was no franchise yet right. it was just a single movie if it, we yeah. didn't know it was an open question but it was okay. It was still a perfectly fine movie with those questions. Oh, and right. you know, so I've been, I've been thinking very, very deeply this last week on why the first three movies were completely and utterly awesome. They spawn the franchise, but why right. every time the franchise puts something out, yes, there are people that love it, but mm-hmm. there's still a very significant fan base that is underwhelmed with it like we'll watch it i will watch anything that they put out but still every single thing i've been part of that group that's like underwhelmed that i'm thinking like why 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 and i think it's because when you take those first three movies that were a complete story Mm -hmm. that was very surface level Mm -hmm. it was a little bit of backstory but it was still very surface level and the fact that they felt they've needed to inject all this detail and backstory and kind of make it up after the fact is so unnatural um, okay. And, and that's where I think I struggle is the fact that everything seems forced or incomplete or just hmm. or flat. Yeah. And, so- and if you think of it, A New Hope could have been a standalone. If, it, if they mm-hmm. never made another movie, 
Yeah. It would have been a standalone film. And yep. then you accept the fact that uh, Alec Guinness's character is the guy that comes in uh, to help out and then sacrifices himself for the survival of the other characters so they can get to the end of the movie. Yeah. You know that there's some backstory there. You know that they're, you know, that they obviously have a history, but you don't need to know the details yeah. of it. It's it's fine without yeah, it's very much like yeah. you're supposed to like, well, not supposed to, but I feel like with especially with the original Star Wars New Hope, it's very much this is good versus evil. Mm -hmm. Obi wants the good done. Thing, so you get that. Very done. And, you and understand. Done. Yeah. yeah. The thing I just okay. can't get past if we're talking about Attack of the Clones is I get you, you you just slaughtered all those people. That's brutal, but you're Darth Vader. But why isn't Padme like, uh, I need you to bad get out. Man. You're a I bad need man. to just, I just need to leave or this is over. I'm not going to then, it feels like that's the turning point where it's like, I'm not into you. And then after that, then she's kind of into him. Yeah. Maybe she there's, couldn't there's get a realistic. Weird. Nothing realistic about that relationship it so, it was. It yeah. was so, in watching it fresh, it was so weird. Yeah. Even my five-year-old and my eight-year-old wasn't buying it mm -hmm. they were they were like huh and so and to get back to what chris was saying watching anakin turn a little bit in uh, attack of the clones was interesting seeing it with with fresh eyes i haven't watched it in quite some time maybe years um but also but to see my kids kind of come alive a little bit as mm -hmm. they're watching new star wars for themselves mm -hmm. uh, i mean I, i've got to say george lucas made it so that a whole new younger generation can come and be fans. Mm -hmm. It works with, it's working with my kids. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I also think that we see Anakin become so self-absorbed. Yeah. He, he becomes so hateful of the Jedi Council. He's, you know, he's got Emperor Palpatine, or excuse me, Prime Minister, or whatever they called him, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he's, uh, 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 speaking into his Chancellor. ear. Yeah, Chancellor. So I've tried to Palpatine. That that he could that he's you know he's saying you could be the most powerful Jedi ever you know I mean he's speaking things into his ears and mm -hmm. helping turn him without Anakin knowing what's really going on there. Um, I think to me watching that again fresh, I think Anakin in the Obi Wan series when they're having that pivotal moment where you his face is exposed through the helmet. Mm -hmm. um, I think. I think he is continuing in his selfishness, in his rage, in his hate of Obi-Wan. And even though they're having a moment where they're not fighting and they're talking about their shared past, mm -hmm. I think, I think for me at least, I translated that to Anakin um, having one more dig kind of at Obi-Wan. Like, I'm, but, you, didn't, okay. you didn't have anything yeah. to do with who I am. But why is that a me. dig? Like, why is that like, uh, oh, look at me? It's like, well... It feels like why bring mm. that up at all? Like, what are you trying to prove mm. to him? Well, no, he only brought it up because because Obi Wan said, you know, I killed you. I thought I killed you or something. You know, that it, it was only response. It wasn't mm -hmm. a yeah. Oh, yeah. I I loved that about this series. By the way, when I don't remember if it was the end of episode one or two, when uh, Obi Wan realizes that Darth oh, yeah. Vader is Anakin. Oh, yeah. I felt like that yeah. was a very yeah. powerful that part, that moment. Yeah. That's when I went, that's um, you and McGregor there, baby. That is yeah, a fantastically yeah. acted and well done scene. See, I well, also thought that was like, uh, like, oh, he's still alive. Like, I thought I, like, I know I didn't actually kill him, but I thought there's no way he's surviving that, where it's just, he's finding out, oh, that was my doing. Okay. That was well, my fault. 
Yeah, but just the not knowing and that moment of him finding out that was that was a good moment. Oh, it was a good moment. But I like I do wonder if it's like how much is it? Oh, Anakin's Darth Vader, but how much of is is it like? Oh, I didn't actually kill him. Like he's still alive, like killing people. Unless I don't know if he knew about Vader beforehand. Did he? I don't think it's clear one way or another. Yeah, it just feels like a oof. It's like when I wake up at night and I'm like, oh, I didn't do the assignment I was supposed to do. I felt like that's sort of what it was like. I should have um, killed him when I had the chance, but I thought I was being nice, but oops. Yeah. I, I think yeah, Steve's yeah, trying to try yeah, me. Well, I want to, I, I'd like to get <laughs> yeah, back to sorry. the original question from right, yes, Brian, which question. is, uh, what were your thoughts about how they handle Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship interaction? And what I wrote down was, first off, kudos for getting James Earl Jones to do the voice of Darth Vader again. Oh, yeah. They should have him read the dictionary so they can <laughs> record his voice for future scenes or movies. Because the way it was done with the voice, it was, I believe, we had the Darth Vader of episodes four, five, and six. I mean, they were there. And the scenes between Anakin uh, um, well, Hayden Christensen and and as Anakin, and he's doing the sword fighting. That 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 you know that it was it was nice. They had to use a lot of makeup on him to make him look like he was much younger, but it, it was it was okay. But the yeah. final battle between Darth and Obi Wan was great, and the outcome was expected. And I yeah. did like, like you said, Brian. I did like the facial cut. So you could see his one eye. But again, it was the voice of James Earl Jones that was made it really convincing that that was still Darth Vader. Because if it's Hayden Christensen playing that role, you really couldn't tell because he was just, you know, a lot of makeup on him to make him look like the disfigured right. Darth well, Vader. Yeah. Well, little, so, little, well, maybe not little known, but. There was a uh, radio show that PB that uh, NPR put out. I think originally, I think it aired on NPR originally, of the original three Star Wars films. So after the films dropped, they would produce this radio special. And I think they were about a half hour long, and you mm-hmm. got a lot of extra backstory to the stories actually. So if you're a Star Wars fan and you want to hear more of the backstory to the original three films, mm-hmm. that rate you can get it on YouTube. Um, search that up on YouTube, but but they couldn't get Earl Jones, uh, James Earl Jones, to play that. So who did they get instead? The fabulous Brock Peters, who pay, played oh, played in cool. uh, played an admiral, security admiral in Star Trek oh, yeah. Six, uh, and may, was in Four as well, but also played Captain Sisko's father in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, he was a wonderful <laughs> actor. Yeah, he wonderful. Was, he had the right type of deep voice. Yeah, he did it. He did resonates it great. and powerful. He did a great Vader. Um, but so uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan, I felt like that was really interesting how they handled that, how they went back to their saber or their lightsaber duel with Anakin still. And like you say, a little bit of movie magic makeup mm-hmm. and whatever to make him look a little younger. Um, I just, I, I loved that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought too. they did a great job here uh, it, with their interactions for the mm-hmm. most part. Question five, guys, has this series met or exceeded your expectation maybe in the middle somewhere or has it left mm-hmm. you feeling disappointed? And we'll start maybe. with Steve. Let's okay. start with Steve because he had to what? wait so long for us <laughs> to stop yapping on the last question. Fair enough. 
So I'm just gonna, I, I, mine's pretty simple. It's just it was as advertised, huh. but again, little Leia made it so much more enjoyable. If she was a minor character or wasn't in at all, I, I think I really would have been disappointed without someone of her caliber playing that particular role. Um, once again, we all knew that she was not in any danger whatsoever. <laughs> and the same thing applied for Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi because they appear in later films. So uh, you, could, you could maybe make it as, you know, oh my God, are they going to survive? The answer is yes. We already know they survived. So it's more like, you know, you, you've got the book, you've read the last chapter and you go, oh, okay, so that's what happens. Let me go back and find out how we got to that point because we already know that they survived. Um, but really, overall, I was it met my expectations. It good. was good. And I do believe the second half was so much better than the first half. Agreed. So what you're saying, Steve, I just want to, mm-hmm. for us Trekkies or Trekkers or whatever we're calling brand new Trek fans, uh, you're saying this show suffered from red shirt syndrome. We're, we're wondering <laughs> which of the red shirts were going to die, knowing full well it was never going to be Captain Kirk or any of the other main. Okay. Um, all those red shirts were in white uniform. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, come on. If you're a if you're a stormtrooper, you go like, so what's the what's the four hundred one k on this job? Right. We have them. Right. Why? Because you're going to die. You're not going to. You're going to be the first one. They're going to shoot, and you're gone. Lightsaber chopped in half. Uh-huh. Don't expect have, any uh, long term job here. But they have dental, according to Family Guy. At least some of the officers do. <laughs> There's a joke about like how forget dental. All I want is a railing. Adina. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I kind of answered that a few minutes ago when I was, you know, describing why I think uh, so much of Star Wars has fell flat, and, and this one did too. And I try to go into things with low expectations. The, the idea is that you, you're not disappointed, mm-hmm. but it was very hard to do that because, oh my gosh, it's going to be, you know, it's Obi Wan Kenobi and. And again, Ewan McGregor is is wonderful. So I'm like, okay, come on, let's. This has got to be something good. And you know, th- there are some good moments. Uh, and again, the show looked great. It mm-hmm. had a fantastic cast. You know, the casting I think was was great. But still, a lot of the dialogue and a lot of stuff just mm. fell fell flat for me. And I'm I'm kind of sad. It's it's really it's really weird. And I think I feel like it's that's so much of star wars after the first three movies mm-hmm. um i feel that way mm-hmm. about and i mean again i you know I'm, i still generally love star wars i was a huge star wars fan before i became a trekkie mm-hmm. you know from 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 the first movie <clears throat> uh you know and especially the droids oh that's one thing that i still loved is the various random droids that were yeah yes. yes. uh, lola right. was true. adorable oh. and the one that was um that I guess was protecting or friends with Tala when she Mm -hmm. was dying, you know, so the droids were still wonderful star Wars droids. Um, But but yeah, I was going to say Lola remind me of the film batteries, not included. Oh yeah. That's right. Alien robots in that. It was just so (laughs) it was adorable. It was adorable. Yeah. But yeah, overall I was, I was definitely, I'm more on the disappointed side, but the one thing I want to, I want to say about that, which was been very interesting in the last week or two is seeing my like friends and like colleagues who are generally star wars and star trek fans um 
listening to them talk at work or watching them post online about like how much they loved it or how much they were disappointed in it. And it's really interesting because I, I am very committed to the concept that when I watch this stuff, I want to form my own opinion. And I worry sometimes that I could possibly get swept up if, if everyone loves it. Am I say, am I, am I loving it because everyone else is loving it? You know? And so this is interesting because it's like half and half. So I feel like my opinion truly, absolutely 100% is my own in this case. <laughs> I, I, I hate to break down the fourth wall again, but I uh -huh. think because you've been so enjoying the sophistication of Star Trek mm -hmm. that Star Wars pales in comparison. Well, I, and I think there's something to that because if you look at how, again, how Star Trek started versus how Star Wars started, Star Wars was just a couple movies. Mm -hmm. It didn't have all the depth. It didn't start with the depth. The depth was like an afterthought mm -hmm. where Star Trek started with more, you know, having an episodic thing for 70 episodes. Mm -hmm. um, that's a very different start yeah. to the franchise life. And, and so it, it could be that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. See, I, I disagree because I think like if I'm comparing it to New Trek, I've enjoyed Clone Wars and Rebels more so than I've been enjoying Discovery, maybe a little bit of Prodigy and then season one of Picard, where I feel like a lot of those shows, they really do have a lot of depth. The only problem is that they're always trying to answer questions that are sort of asked but never addressed in the movies. So they're like doing a lot of filler work. But that's interesting which, that you yeah. mentioned Clone Wars and Rebels, yeah. um, which are two series. They're not, yeah. and I mean, real series, like, you know, Clone Wars the, is like normal episode series and not mm -hmm. like this little six episode which, Yeah, thing. because mm -hmm. the six is not enough. It, yeah. It's, I would have liked more. And maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe these, maybe they're trying to do in some ways too. Because again, that's one of the things that I was very disappointed. You have this amazing cast and like even like O'Shea Jackson, give that guy something to work with. He's a fantastic actor. Mm -hmm. He was the one who played the, the, he was, he's Ice Cube's son, which I actually didn't know until oh. like my husband's like, do you know who that guy is? And I'm like, <laughs> he looks so familiar. Oh, okay. And now that I know he's Ice Cube's son, I like, he looks exactly like a clone of Ice Cube. Right. To me. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, he's, he's a wonderful actor. So get, give him something real. And the the guy the Indian guy uh, Kumal oh he was great yeah. I oh he, he was he wonderful more. you're like right I'm too. sorry about to mention him he was yeah. great there's so many good uh, yeah. like actors there and actresses like yeah. so yeah give it a, maybe that's what it needs actors. maybe it needs a full twenty something episode season it, yeah. yeah I don't know I also just like let the man be shirtless because like between <laughs> that and Marvel or uh, what was the movie he was in. The not expendables. Yeah. No, the <laughs> What's recent it called? one. Yeah. That movie. It's like, come on. They made a big deal about him working out. He's super mm -hmm. jacked. Let him be shirtless just for a little bit. That's um, only for Shatner. I'm sorry. <laughs> only for Shatner. That's a Shatner thing or a Tim Allen thing from Galaxy Quest, one or the other. But. <laughs> right. Exactly. But <laughs> I was just thinking, and, 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 and you know, it's funny. I was discussing, we were discussing this with my daughter and her boyfriend this past weekend about this series. And it's almost like, they did six episodes. Will they do another six episodes when she's five years older or Luke is five years older? Take them to getting closer and closer and closer to a new hope age for those characters. Is that? I don't know if I want that. So really? Honestly, well, okay. Honestly, I don't want to necessarily want to see Luke. I feel like 
nothing interesting happens in Luke's life related to the empire or other, and that's okay. And yeah. so I don't want them to invent something there. Mm -hmm. um, Leia lives in a different universe. She's mm -hmm. already yeah. in that. So I could see that with Leia, but I don't want, I don't want to see Luke again until Star Wars A New Hope. I just want, want like him whining about no. show. <laughs> okay. No whining from Luke as a, no. as a, Thirteen year old critic over here. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> <Okay>. sorry. <laughs> no, and but I that's good. Be a tough Wars, critic. This has just been, like I said, I'm not. I don't know. Watch, no, watch, yeah. do, do, do I... what Chris has done. What I've done. If you haven't dove into the Clone Wars, into I mean, Rebels, yeah. into Resistance, um, do it does. You know, and that stuff you can. I mean, you can watch this with your kids, but that is. You know, that's something my kids eat up. And Bad Batch is kind of a fun spinoff oh, here, so too, that my son and I like. My daughter's not so much a Bad Batch gal. But um, so has everyone spoken on this question number I five? Need to, I need to answer it. Okay, go ahead. I, I have so many thoughts where I, I felt like it, for the most part, met my expectations up until the end because the challenge is, while I love the final fight, and I understand that this is a sequel prequel so you can't obviously have Darth Vader die my issue was that there wasn't a logical reason for Obi-Wan to just like let him go again and not finish it because I just felt like shouldn't like he should have learned like I remember like uh, I shouldn't say I remember but there's been a lot of fans have given Obi-Wan a lot of flack for just not finishing the job like we understand okay he couldn't kill him in revenge because that's his brother he didn't he thought he was already dead he didn't want to finish right. it and mm -hmm. then it seems like oh, he's realizing the mistake, especially when you get that reveal where he's like, oh, I probably should have killed him. And then he's like, I'm going to go kill Vader. And then he almost does. And it's like, oh, I'm just going to leave him again and then just let him go off and do his thing. Hmm. And so I would have liked there to be a more compelling reason that he let Vader live or mm -hmm. something preventing him from well, killing again, him. Vader had like, to live. He's later on the story. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying, though, is I understand mm -hmm. that there's the constraint of you have to have Vader live. I just wish there was a more compelling reason beyond we know he's going to live because he's in mm -hmm. the movies. Or they were exhausted, like, right? Weren't they just exhausted physically? They both uh, been using the force. It left just and seemed right? like, yeah, he was tired, but he could have finished the job. Yeah, but was, I mean, not was, to sound mm -hmm. disrespectful to Vader, because again, I know from the like because of the way it works, he has to be in the next. He has to be alive so he can be in a new hope. But it just seemed like. Obi I got the impression that Obi-Wan was realizing he made a horrible mistake by not killing Vader the first time. And then when he makes this whole big deal, I'm going to go get Vader and then just to like walk away again. Like there should yeah. have been something outside preventing him from finishing the job. It or was almost something, like, or maybe, or maybe Vader said something. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you 100%. Yeah. yeah. That, so that's that, yes. kind of yes. where I am, even though it was a great scene. And I get again, like, um, I, Brian's going to be watching a Revenge of the Sith, but that always kind of bugged me. It's like Yoda tried once. Oh, I can't beat him. I can't beat the Emperor. We'll try again. Go back. <laughs> you don't have to just leave after one fight. Take a day off, come back, and then, you know, try it again. But this but is where just, I think I, I feel that whole concept of they're forcing the backstory. Right. And mm -hmm. they're not that's, tying it well. They're not doing a good enough job of it. There's an easy the, blame here, folks. There's a very easy blame here. Okay. That we start, we continue to watch all of it. His, his name is George Lucas. <laughs> okay. okay. He got stinking lucky with the first film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he had wonderful producers and directors and writers come in and do The Empire Strikes Back. 
mm-hmm. and made it maybe the greatest sequel of all time. Mm-hmm. And then Return of the Jedi was also a lot of fun and continued the story. Not, I don't think it's quite as good a film, but it is a no. lot of fun. I will watch it every single time. It's I lighthearted. It. It's lighthearted. And it really oh, completes yeah. the story too. It yes. Yes. Those, that yeah. series of movies done. Yeah. And, and so, it would have been okay if there was never anything else after. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I think, I think in where I find the fault is in the prequels mm-hmm. because George Lucas promised that these films would make the original three films look like nothing look like such simple they were going to fill in all sorts of stuff they were going to be immensely deep we were going to really get we're really going to get anakin's turn to dart to the dark side and all that and uh it was just forced and contrived and i think star wars fans us us that are that found great pleasure in the simplicity of the first three films. Cause sometimes it's just nice to have a film that isn't so super deep, good mm-hmm. versus evil. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. wrong with that? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it, I, I wish Lucas would have turned these films over to other people to make um, see, and I, see, I, see what would happen. See if they ego, could uh, ego, ego. I disagree. Because, ego. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I agree with mostly what you're saying, but that's sort of how I feel about the sequel trilogy where I'm like, they could have just left it alone or mm. if they were going to make a sequel trilogy, have a different storyline. Don't just have, it's basically the rebels fighting basically the empire. That's not the empire again. Yeah. And it's like, you already, you already told that story in one, uh, mm-hmm. four, five and six. Uh, you know what? Okay. But I hadn't thought of it that way. No. But you're right. Uh, I mean, I think I love the prequels, but I think with maybe, a better director maybe a better writer or someone to say hey lucas i love you but like is this yeah. really what you want your character I, to say right i now? really is i have to idea? i have to say this having watched the phantom menace with fresh eyes okay it was not as bad as i remembered yeah. and maybe some of it Watto. maybe maybe some of that is watching it with my kids and seeing their great excitement but yeah. it is it that film was I don't know about significantly better, but I was surprised at how I I remembered being much more bored than I actually was um, in it. And so mm-hmm. I, 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 excuse me, I, th- I just think there was, there was potential there, great mm-hmm. potential. Um, I think they made a big mistake killing off Qui-Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was an incredibly big mistake and killing off Darth Maul too, frankly. And introducing those ho- whole stupid Metacorian stuff. You could have oh, just yeah. said, oh, yeah. "We there's a strong presence here. There's a strong force. You didn't have to do anything else. There's a strong force. Yeah. Oh, this force is strong with this kid. Mm-hmm. Done. Let's, so, not, okay. let's not do anything else there. Can we get into Clone Wars spoilers? Or is that like, <laughs> is that going to upset people that are like going to no, watch it? This is, I, think, I think this is a, I think we're allowed to. Especially, okay. it's been out for a long time. True, right? Okay. Well, like this is the full Star Wars square. Yeah. Okay. So right. because Darth Maul, I love yes. this. Darth Maul does come back with robotic legs stupid. in the Clone Wars. So yeah, that's stupid. what my son-in-law and said. He's actually that's really right. cool in the show. I, I mean, amazing. I mean, they they did it really well, but I'm like. Who comes back from getting cut in half for crying out loud? Even if and you're thrown the, off, wasn't he? Didn't he fall off? A, fell a, down a, the a, big shaft, yeah, whatever exactly. you know, as so many dark Jedi's have done before. You know, um, yeah. so it was you know it was real original. George just falling down a shaft again. Here we go, you know. But again, I just yeah. and again, I, I want to say I, I'm being <laughs> sarcastic about George Lucas. 
I love Star Wars, guys. Okay, I'm not. I'm just. I'm a little mm-hmm. tougher on it than I am my Trek. But let's let's go ahead and move along, guys. Okay, because we can. Hey, we but, could go back and forth. <laughs> that was we've, a joke. we've got <laughs> question number so, three. Question. I mean, question number six. Please go to it. Go to what it. is your favorite thing from this series? This might be harder for Adina. Maybe not. She's already said some stuff she does like. Yeah. So does she want to wait for the end? What's no? Let's let Adina go first. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Big excitement. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I think there's 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 two things. Uh, the one is the obvious, you know, Princess Leia. Uh, yeah. That was probably yeah. my favorite. And then the, the not obvious, and it's probably because I do enjoy comedy. Was you know Haja's character that that character mm-hmm. yeah. just a little comic relief there was just was really nice him pretending to be a Jedi and yeah. <laughs> um, that was good yeah so, you know, those that. moments okay all right uh, for me again I, I, for the third time it's it's little Leia right down when she puts her droid in the holster she just so sweet so good but you know. There's that one line that gets you, and you mentioned it earlier today, uh, Brian. And I did not expect that when Obi Wan rode up on his jackalope or whatever it was, <laughs> and yes. and and he looks at and he looks at Luke and he says, "Hello there." If that was him doing his impression of uh, Alec Guinness, or they used the actual voice of Alec Guinness, I don't know. But I wasn't expecting that, and it was a total surprise, mm. and it made me very happy. I really did because that, and to me, if when I first saw A New Hope, and when he says that to Luke when he sees him the first time, it is just so, I don't know, it was just so warm and and made me feel really good. So to see it again was really special. And then for like you mentioned, you know, about the death of Qui Gon, and then is that right? He right, appears. Yep. Mm-hmm. At yeah. the end, as a ghostly care going, where have you been? I've been waiting for you, you know? And it was like, okay, you got Liam Neeson to do this role and reprise it. I give right. you high points for doing that I... to end on such a high note that I really like that. It's almost right up there with Rogue One mm-hmm. when we find out Princess Leia turns and says, hope. That one yes. line just right. makes it like, bam, I love it. And that's what it did for me. All right, Chris. So, yeah, I would have to say probably Leia. A close second, aside from obviously Obi-Wan, was just having Hayden Christensen back. And the fact that they, especially with that final fight where, you know, the the suit gets damaged and you hear Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, but still as Anakin. Yeah. And that, to me, was really cool. Mm -hmm. The the Qui-Gon thing, I think we have to unpack that because that kind of, I was disappointed with it. I was, really? Because just for 15 years, oh no, actually 17 years, it was like 2005. They're like, oh, I'm going to teach you how to connect with your old master, Qui-Gon. And then we've had all this time to build up to it. And it's like, oh, hey, you're finally here. Oh, uh, yeah, it's because you couldn't, now you're ready to see me. I'll show you the way. And I was hoping for more. But I know, obviously, you can't get more. I just really want the conversation of, Hey, Qui-Gon, we got to talk. Right. What are your thoughts on Anakin? And then I want, I would love to see that, even though I know that's not the show. Mm-hmm. It may be season two, though. I As I said, I would just love like a Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan show where it's just them sitting around talking. Because I just <laughs> want to see those conversations of They should Qui-Gon do a podcast. Between two <laughs> 
yeah exactly between two and they're just insulting each other like hey like i know you were my uh you were my uh, apprentice and i know said you were ready to be a master but what was going on with anakin dude i i need (laughs) to ask my brother my son-in-law if he cried when that appeared yes he felt that when they killed off qui-gon in uh phantom menace that was like a tragedy well there's well, there's the whole theory, like uh, Dave Fenoy, who does all the all the new Star Wars, was I think in some video he's basically saying Anakin needed a father, and Qui Gon was a father, but then Obi Wan, even though he was good, was the brother, and that's not what he needed. He needed a father figure, mm-hmm. and so the theory is that if Qui Gon had survived, Qui Gon could have helped uh, prevent Anakin from mm. becoming Darth mm-hmm. Vader. Yeah. See, and was... what I think, if I were taking a red pen to the the first three movies, what I would think is 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 yeah, he shouldn't have died so early. Um, so yes, he should have been there longer, you know. And him dying, like, and I feel like the relationship between him and Padme, like, he should have been a little bit more mature for his age. The relationship with him and Padme happens, um, and then Qui Gon dying is what sets him down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's already too late with so. But he's already, pro, you know, like gotten Padme pregnant. So yeah. that all happens like real quickly. Like she, it's kind of like almost like they have the moment where she gets pregnant, then Qui Gon dies, and then boom, it's a cliff for him. Like the end, mm-hmm. because like losing your dad at a kind of youngish age, like a weird mm-hmm. age, that's like that's the cliff. Mm-hmm. And that would have, okay. I think, okay. that, w- that would have made yeah. it all better for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also just like give the guy a little bit of sympathy. It's like, yes, you're not supposed to be attached to anything, but like the dude's 10 years old and you're like, you can't see your mother mm-hmm. ever again. Yeah. Like somebody's got to have a conversation with him beyond, oh, just get over it. You're too old. Like, mm-hmm. dude, just give him a hug or something. Be a human being. Like, this is what I, this is my problem. Just treat, just be like a decent human being and sit down with the guy and, Help him work through that stuff. You yeah. are you are doing your job, Chris. But it's not. But with, again, with it's not characters in a movie. You're, you're finding that that happy medium. Trying yeah, to bring we see people why you're a mediator, bro. But as That's I said right. last time, when you guys said it, it's not called being a mediator, it's just called be a decent, right. yeah, yeah, right, word right. person. Uh-huh. You know? Well, speaking of being something. Okay. Watching the prequels okay, afresh. You. How in the heck did Yoda and Samuel Jackson and all them guys in the Jedi Council not put together the rise of Emperor Palpatine. Like Easier. nobody, that is the most. That's more that ridiculous than uh, Padme and uh, Anakin yeah. getting together. Like that was. There were some great scenes around that. Like at the end of the first film, I think it was. You know was he the master or the student, you know, or something? There's that last scene where we kind of see Qui-Gon Jinn burning, you know, his burial, and then they pan over and you see Palpatine knowing as a Star Wars fan, he's going to become the emperor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I've got to say, guys, getting back it, to my question, okay, because we can do a prequel episode if we want to. Yeah. Although maybe we, we already just did that. Um, You're going to make me have actually, to watch but, it again? <laughs> but... Yes. Um, I, I, my favorite thing about this series, honestly, I love Leia. I love, uh, the robot that's protecting the double agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked third sister a lot, especially the last couple episodes where we started really getting to hear, see what was making her tick. Mm-hmm. But my favorite sure. thing about this series is the music. 
and and if it's not you and McGregor, which it is, but it's not, it's the music. Look up mm-hmm. the score for these for this show. It is superb. The variations mm-hmm. on the Star Wars themes that go in and out of it mm-hmm. are absolutely superb. It's worth listening to or adding to your Star Wars or science fiction playlists of music. There are some I will do just, that. I know I've got to find it. And yeah. my favorite scene in the whole series, um, I have two, and it's it's when uh, at the end Obi Wan is kneeling down and talking to Leia for the last time. I thought that mm-hmm. scene was very endearing mm-hmm. and well played by both actors. Uh, I loved it when you thought perhaps our beloved Obi-Wan was down for the count, mm-hmm. but he's actually using the force to hold those big boulders up. Oh, and yeah. we see that he has returned and he's back into his old self. And, you know, he's the, he's the hero Jedi that we've been waiting for to see. That was really exciting. And mm-hmm. my kids were just totally, they were hook, line and sinker into yeah. that. Um, so it was wonderful. That now great hero our, moment. Oh, it was. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we have talked the heck out of this and the prequels, I think, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. for this episode. But it's been a lot of fun. I'd like to give each of our intrepid crew members the opportunity to rank this series overall. So here's the scale. I'm asking you guys to stick to it, please. Okay. Mm-hmm. Scale of one to four. One being a dismal failure or just kind of eh. And then four being an enthusiastic two thumbs or two tentacles up. That's a cheesy line. I'm sorry. I, put I that like in. it. I like it. I like it. Um, so let's start with Chris. So a scale of one to four, one being the worst, one four being it was fabulous. How would you rate this series? So can I give, are we allowed to do point fives? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, oh, okay. I, I'll, I'll allow it. The, so I would, I would say a 3.5. It. it was very good. 3.5. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were some issues and I don't think it was as good as it could have been. But I also do wonder if that's just because, again, this is six episodes mm-hmm. and not a full series. And it's just a problem with it being a prequel sequel is you're constrained by everything that happens in the future. Mm-hmm. But I would say, yeah, for me, probably a 3.5. 3. 5. Okay. okay. Awesome. Steve. Uh, I give it a three. Okay. It was good, but not perfect. But in the vein of Mandalorian and Boba Fett, it continues on with Disney, in particular, John Favreau and Deborah Chow, showing that they understand Star Wars better than George Lucas did <laughs> in 1, 2, and 3, or even J.J. in 7, 8, and 9. Oh, okay. Well, well, I think that's the real, yeah. We can get into this I, another time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adina. I think I give it two and a half Millennium Falcons. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I so wish I would have thought of that. That's better than stars. Yeah, yeah between yeah, two and a half to three. Okay. Um, That's better being, than I was expecting. Yeah, you're, you're pretty... I think you. I thought you were going to give it a solid two and walk no, away. Again, just because I'm disappointed. Like I said, there's still enough there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. But but uh, it's not like the enthusiasm. Like oh my god! Like if you we were ranking like when, once we do get to talk about Strange New Worlds, Strange New Worlds on your scale of one to four is going to get like. 10. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. 10 tribbles. Yes. So, <laughs> which will become 100 tribbles. Goes, if you which, yeah, exactly. 10 yeah. to 100 to 1,000 <laughs> and so on. Yes. Yeah. My kids asked me the other day, they saw a picture of tribbles somewhere. I don't know if it was in my office here or what, but 
what are those? And I said, they're, they're little round fuzzy animals. And my son goes, I can't possibly be an animal dad. Look at it. <laughs> and so that he's was my wrong. story. So have you um, seen a Shih Tzu? Right. A Shih Tzu looks like a triple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, uh, anyway, so I'm gonna rate this. What what are we even talking about tonight? We the one to four. <laughs> well, thank you, Stars or Millennium Falcons. Your pick. <laughs> thank you, Adina. So my rating of the show is a three point five. Okay. I wow. 3.5 Millennium Falcons. So you decide which half is getting cut off, Adina. Um, right. But I just, I, I'm not quite ready to say it is the best. I, I don't think it, I don't think it comes close to capturing the feeling that Strange New Worlds gives Trek's fan, Trek Star Trek mm-hmm. fans mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. But I have to say there's a lot right with this show. Are there things they could do different or better? Of course. But I am I think the two objectives of this show in my opinion was to give uh Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor a shot at wronging a terrible wrong. These are with the prequels and giving them a little more meat and um, giving us a little bit of the backstory for Obi-Wan. Because i got to be honest, Obi-Wan is who I want to know the most about. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I was thrilled when Leia showed up because I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, that was a lot of fun. And this show has such potential for a season two. I hope they do a few more episodes than just six if they actually do a season two, like they say they're going to. Because this show... Disney Plus has said is the most streamed show they've had to date. Wow, really? Well, because no matter what, we'll keep watching it. Mm-hmm. Right. No matter oh, yeah. how disappointed yeah. or not I am, I'm gonna keep watching. <laughs> right. I'm already in. Well, I think I, I think I, I bet that there were people not that interested in Boba Fett or Mandalorian that said I'm gonna watch an Obi Wan series, and so and you know there's different people that have different. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people calling, including our friend Steve here, who just had a passing comment calling it Sloby One Kenobi when he first watched episode one. But mm-hmm. I know people that have the same experience, but I would say to them, rewatch Mandalorian. Half the show is him walking through the street like a cowboy it's, or a samurai. So I had a hard it's, time getting through that because of yeah, that. It's yeah, not, it's not now the last episode of Mandalorian, whatever the last is so, yeah, so yeah. fantastic. My kids and I were cheering. I jumped off the couch at one point in time and pumped mm-hmm. my fists in the air. You know, lots of great stuff, lots of potential of, of Boba Fett is what it was. And mm-hmm. uh, so, I, I honestly, I am really satisfied with this show. I just don't think it's quite a four-star where it hits absolutely everything perfectly, mm-hmm. and I'm 100% satisfied. But I'm really satisfied. And if I had to watch this show again with somebody else, um, I think I might, and just you to see their reaction. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would say that about the Mandalorian. I think I like Boba Fett better than Mandalorian, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I'm definitely watching Boba Fett again because my father-in-law has to watch it with us, and we okay. were way ahead of him. But, um, but I would, and mm-hmm. I feel this. That's that's one way I rank series. Or films, would I watch this again? 
So mm-hmm. good. I, I agree with that I ranking would. system. Yeah. See, it's it's funny because I agree with it for the most part, but I feel like for me, Mandalorian season two, I'd rewatch. But Boba Fett, I had a really tough time getting through it, and that really hurt because I'm I love Boba Fett. I, I, think I found re- it really slow. I think the reason why Brian likes Boba Fett because there's a lot of high noon in it. Yeah, there you go. A lot there you go. of high yeah. noon in it, and that type of yeah. storyline is what you like. Where mm-hmm. is it one man against everyone, and then they're Good Other read. people come in and Good help out thought. at the end. Yeah, it's just like the uh, I mean, that's a whole other thing. But Arrow, <laughs> the TV show, did a really good job of dealing with the flashbacks. Where I felt uh, mm. the uh, the like all the uh, back to tank flashbacks were kind of they they were like okay, like is this going to keep happening? They were interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't think I loved it as much okay. when they yeah. kept doing that. Yeah. But that's uh, we can get on. This is we got to. That's another series. <laughs> yeah, another, another series. DC. Oh my goodness. Chris yeah. always gives us so many um, good ideas for other shows during our shows too. So mm-hmm. we really we have a plethora. It's, it's science fiction too. It's a huge There's genre. So, much. so yeah. much we can watch, and that's yeah. one thing I love about it. I don't know about you guys. Love your guys's passion as always. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Adina, Chris, and Steve, for the wonderful banter today. Once again, you all have proven that there are good and kind-hearted people in the world and that one can be both a Star Trek fan and Star Wars fan at the same time, as Adina mm-hmm. reminded us again here, tonight. Here. Any last words before we jump into uh, into the Falcon? Because Chewie's keeping her warm for us. You know how he can get when we make him wait. So where can people find you? What do you want to push right now? Uh, to What's going on? And I'll let's start with Steve. Okay, let's no, start. Last. Let's start with Adina. Well, okay. Um, if you like robots, similar to R2D2 and Wally and all the kind of fun robots smushed together, please find my book, Crazy Foolish Robots, on Amazon. Awesome. Okay. Chris. Yeah. And if, uh, well, if you like podcasts, I do a lot of podcasts. I have my own show, Yelling About Star Trek, which um, by the time of recording this, my most recent episode was me ranking the doctors from the series. Um, I'm also part of another show called uh, Trekking with the Fam, which is a a podcast that spun out of the Trekking with the Family Facebook group and where we have great conversations. And you can also watch my YouTube channel called Yelling About Star Trek. And uh, you can find me at Yelling About Trek on Twitter. Chris, why aren't you on the back of a cereal box? You seem to be everywhere. <laughs> maybe one day, you know, maybe that should be the next. Maybe, maybe. In the back of well, a cereal box. I'm, I'm going to close. <laughs> but like healthy Fruit Loops, if we can. Fruit Loops. No. Healthy Fruit uh, Loops. Uh, I'm going to close by a, a setup for next week's episode. Yes. Okay. Just a warning. Next week episode is one where the four crew members of the NCC, the big sci-fi podcast, reveal the five movies that caused them to say, as they exit the theater, I want my money back. <laughs> but I want, I want, but I want everyone to know, and this is also to know that these might not be the worst movies ever, but maybe the ones that disappointed us to such a high expectation as if a giant asteroid came crashing into good old mother earth so listen w- listeners you've been warned <laughs> all right now, is look- this a billy oh sorry go ahead no that's okay go ahead chris 
I was gonna make a dumb joke about asking if this was like a Billy Bob Thornton asteroid or if this was um Leone. <laughs> You'll oh have to you will have to wait until next week. And I'm excited okay. to hear what each one of you feel because it, it I've always believed that it's easy to complain, but it's hard to compliment. But I'm giving you the chance to complain. All right. And with that, we have completed this episode, and I'm happy to say that our friendship remains strong, mm -hmm. and no one is turning to the dark side of the force as a result of this discussion, at least. Right, Chris? That's not right. We're good. I, You're good? I think so. I think okay. we're good. I'm kidding. Right. Okay. <laughs> Although sand is really irritating. Yeah, okay, yeah. I, I I know my Trek fandom still remains strongest in my heart. I'm having so much fun, I can't stop laughing. <laughs> However, being open and transparent, guys, uh, the guy I am, this series uh, has elevated the Star Wars for me, and I hope its success means we get even more of it. And for Adina's sake, I hope the dialogue is better for her. Until next she time. She should write it. <laughs> may you I live long. You. <laughs> My ending dialogue is gone. It's just ruined. <laughs> Until next time, you guys behave. Until next time, may you live long and prosper. Sorry, I couldn't help myself, guys. That's all right.